Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's Taco Tuesday. Alex Padilla, Alex Regla with you guys on a wet, very, very wet Tuesday. Alex, how are you? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You staying out of the flooding zones there in Los Angeles? It was pretty bad yesterday. Like it's, um, when it rains over here, I guess it pours cause it was, it was pretty bad. And I was like yeah. looking at some clips of like a local Chipotle near me and it got like completely flooded. Like, really? yeah. And I'm like, it's not too far away from my house, but thankfully I was, I was indoors yesterday. How about you? Is it, how's it over yeah. there? San Diego's, I mean, it's been raining, but the thing that messed us up was a couple of days ago, we had really, really high tides. So like mm-hmm. all of our boardwalks and all of the beach communities flooded because of the tide, not because of the rain, which was interesting. So it's just kind of in floods everywhere for different reasons. Where I'm from, Ventura, uh, the 101 flooded completely. My sister sent me some oh, stuff. Shit. Like it literally shut down the 101 coming south from like Santa Barbara, which I was like, wow, I'm like that river, the Ventura River is always dry as a bone. And to see it flooded like that's crazy. So hope, hopefully everybody out there is staying safe. And like we said, if you don't got to drive, don't <laughs> mm-hmm. just stay inside. Uh, I work from home, so I don't really got to deal with much of that stuff. So uh hope everybody stays safe. But if you are in your car, thanks for listening and keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> Alex, uh, the Lakers don't play today. They don't play tomorrow, but they do play on Thursday. Their next game will be against the Dallas Mavericks. That probably explains why Luca was at the national championship yesterday for football, uh, getting frustrated with his Instagram live couldn't end it so <laughs> i don't know if you saw that but the lakers um they've been doing pretty well since anthony davis has been hurt they are currently 19 and 22 the lakers are one game out of the play in game they are one and a half games out of the 6th seed the clippers before tonight's game i think they play tonight uh or they play tomorrow no they play tonight they are 500 and they've lost 6 in a row the Phoenix Suns are below 500. They've lost six in a row. The Portland Trailblazers, who are the 10th seed currently, they've lost three in a row. So the West is a complete... When you kind of pass the Grizzlies, maybe the Pelicans, it's kind of a shit show. You know, like the top four teams, they're pretty good. Everybody else, it's the wild, wild West. What are your thoughts on the Western Conference as of January 10th? It's crazy. Like I've been doing standings watch like almost every game now, just because I, it's still surprising to me that after the Lakers started two and 10, that they're still right there. And as I keep checking the standings, like every team is actually still there. Like the thunder, I think are 13th or 14th and are only like two games, three games out of six or something crazy like that. Um, and it just goes to show you like how bad that little, like seven to 10 range is doing. Like you said, there's like two, two uh six game losing streaks in, in those teams alone so it's it's nasty out there like steph curry's mm-hmm. coming back tonight i think yes. um so the warriors should you know balance themselves out they should be back to their normal good selves um guys who are injured will eventually come back but yeah like the lakers couldn't have found a better time to kind of like get on this hot streak yeah the uh brooklyn nets who I believe they at a certain point they won like 12 in a row, 13 in a row. Now they're going to be without Kevin Durant mm-hmm. for like a month. 
Uh, you said Steph Curry's coming back. The Lakers, they have their own injuries to worry about. Let's run through the list real quick because it's a long one, unfortunately. Now, this isn't all long injuries. These are just the guys that are hurt or will probably pop up on an injury report come Thursday. Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, both of those guys out two weeks will be reevaluated in approximately two weeks. That's of January 6th. The news came out for both of them. That's big losses, huge yeah. losses for the Lakers. Um, Anthony Davis, the news yesterday came out that he will be revamping or ramping up, excuse me, the process of his rehab with the hope that he can return maybe this month or in just a few games. We're not really sure. Um, there is optimism, according to Dave McMenamin, that he can return to the starting lineup in, quote, a couple of weeks. Uh, Troy Brown has missed the last three games. He may or may not play on Thursday. We don't know yet. Patrick Beverly suffered yeah. a right hip injury against the Nuggets. He left the game, did not return. He's considered day-to-day. LeBron James missed the game against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, that seemed to be more precautionary. That seemed to kind of be like, hey, we're going to lose this one, so let's just rest LeBron anyways. Although the Lakers did play the Nuggets pretty tough. And then the re- self-report that Russell Westbrook dislocated his pinky, not once, but twice, if I understand it correctly, and popped it back in both times. Um so <laughs> he did say he got an x-ray. They see nothing there. But, I mean, if your fingers are popping out of place twice a game, that's not good either. So that is your Lakers injury roundup. Austin Reeves, Lonnie Walker, Anthony Davis, <laughs> Troy Brown, Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James. It's the entire team. <laughs> that's like, everybody who, that you want that playing, probably, probably. Probably quicker. Um, yeah, and, like, a lot of those guys, like, pretty underrated in terms of, like, them not being around. Like, Troy Brown easy to overlook him, but he was kind of like a big part of those starting lineups that mm-hmm. of that, like that little five game win streak they were on and losing him. And then Austin and Lonnie Walker kind of people forget, like he's been gone for a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, we just kind of so happened to kind of forget, forget about him because Dennis went from playing so well. I don't even remember the last game he's yeah, played. Me neither. So, but like, thankfully guys have stepped up like Dennis, Pat Bev is playing better before the, before getting hurt yesterday and Troy Brown, like I mentioned. So, yeah, like all their wings are hurt. A lot of their guards are kind of banged up. So uh, all their yeah. wings. Yeah, but like <laughs> their only wings, I guess, yeah. are hurt. Yeah, it's a rough time right now if you're a Laker fan. And I guess the encouraging thing is that you have been playing well. They're six and four in their last ten. Uh, I believe are they five hundred without Anthony Davis? Are they six and six or something like that? Or they could be... might be. They might be, or maybe like a game above five hundred yeah. still. Yeah. yeah. So they have definitely, I mean, playing 500 ball in the West is making a run. Yeah. <laughs> so they've actually gained ground since Anthony Davis, believe it or not, has been out, which is crazy to even think about. But the Lakers, it's a really interesting time if you're the front office because, I mean, Laker Nation has been clamoring for them to do something. But now when you look at this injury report, and the trade deadline is less than a month away. You're really getting down to that nitty gritty here now. You're really going to have to start figuring something out. Are you really just going to sit on your hands and let this self let this play itself out? Now, listen. You can go back and forth and make an argument, and I'll ask you: Do you think that because of the way the Lakers have competed, take results aside, the way they've looked, the way they've competed, do you think that this team? as currently constructed is the right way forward 
to stay stand pat? No. <laughs> okay. So follow up question, because I figured you'd say no, is what is your number one need right now? Um I like a wink, right? Like a reliable pencil this guy in for 25 to 30 minutes a night wing, like on at small forward, power forward. I don't, I don't really care what position he plays as long as he's like can guard a wing or forward size. So your, your number one, like this team needs is size for defense. Yeah. Or, and like, if it would be nice if he, that player can shoot also, or if say that player isn't even like this lockdown defender, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so um, say he's just a wing who is a really, really good shooter. I think that alone is, is, is useful. I think just having a, a player of that size who's either really good defensively, like can guard multiple positions or is a really good shooter. Like one of the two, as mm -hmm. long as they're six foot five and above or something like that. And in the process, hopefully you're trading out a couple of your guards also. Who, who's got to go. Um, if you are trading out some of your guards, Who's like the low man out? Who's the odd man out? I mean, the most likely at this point is some combination of Beverly and Kendrick Nunn, but almost like out of necessity, right? Like those are the guys yeah. who make more than the minimum. So even yeah. if those guys are playing out of their minds, which Kendrick Nunn like has been playing a lot better. Uh, Patrick Beverly, like quietly, has been playing a lot better. Um, those guys are really the only realistic options you have to trade for to bring back some someone of like considerable value. Yeah, I mean, if he if Kendrick Nunn gets twenty plus minutes, maybe that's the key. Just make him play twenty plus minutes. Because if you look at this game log uh, against the Nuggets, I know they lost, but he scored fifteen in twenty four minutes against the Hawks, which is his best game as a Laker. In twenty seven minutes, he scored twenty three. Against the Suns, going back to December, he played twenty minutes, scored seventeen. Uh, against the Raptors, he scored twenty one, scored fifteen. If he doesn't play twenty minutes, he doesn't score double digits. So is he just like another volume guy where if you give him minutes, he's going to put up enough shots to score. So is it, is it just that, or does he get in a rhythm where if he actually plays, he's that kind of guy, like he needs a little rhythm. He needs to be in the game a lot longer than six minutes. Like he did against Charlotte. I mean, there's that, or there's also just the fact, like if he scores then he's going to play, right? Like if he yeah. comes in and goes over three, he's probably not going to play the rest of the game, but if he comes in and right away, hits a couple threes and yeah, like Ham is going to keep, keep playing them and stuff like that. But yeah. yeah, he definitely looks like way more confident. There was a stretch there early in the season or when he did play, he looked like noticeably hesitant. Mm -hmm. He like passed up second guess himself on open shots. Like that wasn't the Kendrick Nunn we saw, like even preseason we were to, we talked about like how he looked like he was like the most impressive Laker out there. And that guy was like completely lost for those first couple months. So I don't know what's happened since then, if it's more opportunity or what, but he definitely looks more confident. Yeah. And I listen, that's good. Cause chances are, I think if, if you feel like me, like he's going to be on his team, I don't think there's a trade coming that kind of, I really don't. But not even like a small trade, like even if it's not like one of the guys we mentioned, but what if yeah. it's like him and some second rounders for something like you just I, think I no kind one of, wants them. It's not that no one wants them. I just don't know. I don't. I just don't know if the Lakers are going to even make a small trade. I think they might sign a guy. Or that, you know, they. I keep reading about DeMarcus Cousins and how he would play. He knows that they know that he can play with Anthony Davis, but I just see 
I'm kind of resounded myself to the fact that this team is just going to go as is. Maybe a, a little thing here and there. I mean, we have not what I want, but yeah. that's what I that's what I think. Every report that I mean, we've you know, like we talked about it last week. Like, there's always like these little like dates that are thrown out there about like, okay, we'll come back at this date and mm-hmm. see where we're at, and if we're there, we're okay. Then okay, we'll make a move. And now there's only one date that's you know important. It's the trade deadline, and mm-hmm. like you said, it's only a month away. And at this point, I wouldn't ex- I wouldn't expect a trade until then, because teams don't yeah. usually make trades a month out from the trade deadline. At, at this point, you might as well wait, see who falls out, see who steps up, who gets hurt, whatever. And yeah. a lot of teams they wait to the final day to trade that guy because they want the best offer. And honestly, it's got to it's going to be like completely out of left field with whatever they do. And that's why I don't see it. I don't think that. I mean, look at all the names that have been thrown at Rob Palenka in the last, since the summer, let's just say since the summer, all these trade packages, all these names that you've read about, whether it be the jazz, the Pistons, the Hornets, the Celtics for a while, like whoever, like obviously the Pacers, the Kings, look at every single thing that's been reported. All the trade packages have been reported. They just seem to want to keep what they got. Like they don't believe if they do anything that it's going to make them a contender. So they're just going to hope that their team gets healthy and see how far they can go because they, they are so consumed with not getting rid of these picks that are half a decade away. Do, do you think that's changed at all? Like, do you, I, I know uh, there's been reporting out there that the Lakers like they want to wait now to see, obviously you want to see if AD can be back and if he can be healthy, but given like the Western conference, like we talked about being completely wide open. Like I can't remember another year where the West is completely wide open. Like who's first Denver, I believe. Yeah. And the Denver Lakers and beat them twice. Mm-hmm. Lakers already beat the nuggets twice. They played him tough yesterday without LeBron, without AD, uh, without all those other guys. And they still mm-hmm. were like, not close, but they were competitive with that team who was yeah. fully healthy. Yeah. And like you saw when even just like, LeBron is out there. The team could be competitive when AD was out there. He's playing an MVP level. Like, do you think that since that initial two and 10 start that the front office has kind of changed their tune a bit, like at least internally about like their chances this year? I mean, you can flip flop it either way. You can look at it either way. You can look at it as like when they were two and 10, they're like, well, why would we do anything? We're not going to be good. And now you could look at it the complete opposite way. And I've made the joke over and over anytime I can have a microphone in front of me is, well, now it's like, well, we don't have to do anything. Look how good we are without AD. <laughs> Look how good we are without, with, with like LeBron, you know, LeBron's having an MVP. If LeBron and AD can have MVP type seasons together, we're going to go as far as we can go. So I make the joke, but I just think that that's what they think. And that's what, that's their, not, that's their spin. That's going to be their spin. I don't know what has happened in this front office. And to be quite frank with you, dude, I don't think there's a trade out there that makes them contenders. I really don't like, will they be more competitive? Will they make up? Will they be comfortably in the playoffs? Maybe, but I know that people are going to like yell at their speakers or anybody. Are you kidding me? You try and beat a healthy AD and a healthy LeBron in a seven game series. And I get it, but I just don't think there's a trade out there that makes them a legit contender contender in terms of like championship or bust of type course contender. because you have lebron james that's the mentality here 
A successful season is not to make it to the second round of the playoffs. That's not a successful season for the Lakers. When you have LeBron James on your team, that is the mentality. That is what should always be the mentality when he's when he's in year 20. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, again, so we've always seen half, I think we're exactly at the halfway point, basically, as of this podcast. Um, the Western Conference looks bad, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know Devin Booker's hurt and Phoenix was playing better before he got hurt, obviously, but like, Zion's there's no hurt. team like I've seen the Lakers play personally against or like outside of them in the Western Conference. So I'm like, the Lakers have no shot against them. And that was the case earlier in the year because the Lakers just looked horrible. I'm mm-hmm. like, they didn't have a shot against anyone on a nightly basis, but um, I think they're closer than I thought they would be. And maybe that's that goes just more about how bad everyone else is and not so much how good they are. But that that's sometimes how things shake out. And like the LeBron AD had to play them in a seven game series. Like it's, it's true. Like you do have to beat them. And the times they have lost are because they haven't had both guys like that Phoenix series lost that when they were in the playoffs, that wasn't because they were fully healthy. Like AD was hurt and he missed games and stuff like that. So we actually haven't seen this team lose. Uh, not this team, but that pairing lose. And, I don't know if there's a single trade out there that can like, oh yeah, for sure. They're, mm-hmm. they're contenders, but I think they're closer than I thought they would be. I just, I think I'm being as realistic as I can possibly be. And maybe, maybe I'm not being realistic. Maybe I'm just being negative. Anthony Davis is not playing tomorrow on Thursday. Anthony Davis still has mm-hmm. to go through a rehab process to get back onto the court. And who knows what that's going to look like? Who knows what's going to come out of that? LeBron James is 30 whatever years old. I happy birthday. I know he just turned whatever. I always forget. How old is he? 37, 38? I don't even know anymore. He's like 50. You can tell me okay. he's 50. LeBron James is 50 years old. <laughs> he's on the injury report every single game. So to assume that you're going to go into the playoffs with a healthy AD and LeBron, I I don't even want to do that. And okay, but here's the counterpoint to my own argument. So you're going to waste an MVP type season by LeBron James, and you're going to waste a down, down, down Western conference. And you're not going to do anything. Now that's where I current. That's where I personally stand. Like they cannot waste the opportunity that's in front of them. They cannot waste that somehow, some way LeBron James is playing as good as he was five years ago. They cannot waste the opportunity where the Western conference has multiple teams with losing record in the playoffs right now. Like you cannot waste this opportunity in front of you because you never know what could happen if you, once you get in, once you get in, you never know. So that's where I stand. But I just wanted to make the argument of like what trade is out there that's going to make them a contender. Your arguments, like both of them, I was like shaking my head. Like you can see it, like they're both right. Like I'm sure that's exactly the types of dialogues they're having internally in the front office. Like, yeah, like, can we trust these two guys to stay healthy? Mm-hmm. And already, like, we saw AD's been hurt. Like, this current stretch, like, they're on the Lakers. LeBron's missed three games, yeah, like, including yesterday. Like, I know he it was a rest game basically for him, but that's still three games he's missed within what, like, the last 12. And then you're also look, AD gonna miss, I don't know how many months total of, of game time this year. Like, it's a tough bet, like, on those two guys, but I mean, the counterpoint, like you said, like when they were playing, both were playing at MVP type levels. And that's like to have both guys on your same, on the team at the same time playing at that, that level. Like you have to like invest in that. Like I personally, I, I, I fall on the ladder with you, like in that second one that I think now is your chance to kind of 
at least make some type of marginal moves around the uh, on the margins to improve your your team and stuff like that. But I would be shocked if they do nothing. Dude, you you gotta go for it. Like I don't care about a pick in twenty twenty seven. Like it's, I know we're in twenty twenty three now, but who knows what the landscape of the NBA looks like four years from now? Who knows who the owners of the Lakers are four years from now? Like I, you just never can rule anything out. So if you talk about specifics, you know you keep reading about the reports. The Lakers don't want to pull the trigger. Obviously, I think the, I think personally, trading Russell Westbrook is out the window now. Really? I really do. I think he's played himself into, I'm staying here through the end of the season. I think the only thing the Lakers do is round up as many second rounders, round up all 10 of your guards, and try and do something (laughs) there. I don't think Russell Westbrook's going anywhere. I think Russell Westbrook has played himself. Rob Palenka is going to hang his hat that Russell Westbrook's going to win sixth man of the year. And he's going to tell everybody, hey, we made the move. We put Russ on the bench and look at it. Sixth man of the year. A guy making $45 million should not be winning sixth man of the year. That'd be my argument to him. But I don't think Russell Westbrook is going anywhere. I really don't. I mean, there's not that many trade packages anymore, right? Like the off season was the time to do it when teams had cap space. Like yeah. I, there's maybe like one or two left with cap. What space about and... the Spurs? Have you seen this from Eric Pincus? So uh, yeah, fill me in on the, the details on that one. Um, the Spurs remain optimistic that they will be able to find a way to spend their $15 million surplus of cap space. Pincus believes that this could reopen a path for a Russell Westbrook trade with the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, hold on one second. Per an NBA source, any Westbrook deal for the Lakers league-wide starts with a first-round pick. If the Lakers also wanted to add a valued player from the Spurs like Pirtle, the cost would be a second first and then some, per an Eastern Conference executive wrote Pincus. Are the Lakers really going to trade Russell Westbrook, the possible sixth man of the year, two first-round picks for Jacob Pirtle? No. Right. That's That's sounds illogical to me to turn down the stuff you had in front of you in the summer to then go do that. I I just don't, I just don't see how they trade Russell Westbrook now. I mean, there's really, unless you're getting like a freaking Bradley Beal back or something, which I don't think solves anything. That that was the thing I was going to say. It's either the like pie in the sky type deals, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, like those guys Mm -hmm. have been, their names have been thrown out there as potential guys that the Lakers would, would hope, those teams start falling apart and they just blow it up and the Lakers can swoop in with two first round picks, which probably isn't enough. Uh, in the, I mean, Bradley Beal, I will say his contract is insane. Yeah. Zach Levine's contract is like bonkers. Like these guys, both even, guys can age pretty poorly. Those deals. Do you guys even want that? Like, do you want to get locked into another potential Westbrook type deal? Uh, yeah, but I, I might be probably falling into the camp of yours where I say maybe they don't trade both picks in a single deal. Maybe mm-hmm. they break up those picks and maybe trade a first for such and such and another first and another deal. I think that might be maybe like a smarter way to do it at this point. Uh, according to Mark Stein, uh, they uh, so another player that's been linked like every other freaking player in the NBA, Detroit Pistons' Bojan Bogdanovic. According mm-hmm. to Mark Stein, the Lakers decided that trading one of those picks with no draft protection, no draft protections attached, along with the expiring contracts of Pat Bev and Kendrick Nunn, was too high a price for Bojan Bogdanovic. 
I don't know. Like, I don't know how much of that's posturing. Like, do they just think like, we'll circle back to it at deadline? Like, do you think they're just, they don't want to give up an unprotected first for him? Is that the thing? Or is it just like, we can come back to this? I mean, I think it's the unprotected first because, you know, I mean, I think the Lakers are playing themselves out of maybe the number one pick for the Pelicans, but they might be still a lottery pick. Like, they could still be a lottery pick for the Pelicans that they're going to get this year. You know, like, they're, I don't know how many more the Pelicans got off the top of my head from Anthony Anthony Davis. Is it one more or two more? They have a few, but like yeah. they have a, I think a pick swap this year. Right. Okay. So the Lakers would give, um, you know, the Pelicans would take the, the Lakers pick this year, but it's not that much. Lakers aren't like the Pelicans are what? Uh, two, they're in third or the fourth. They're in, in third. The so they're six games yeah. ahead of them. Yeah. And Zion's out. So if the Pelicans start dropping a bit, that pick becomes a little less valuable too for the Pelicans this year. So there's, there's that. So I'm just throwing details at you because we were talking about like what can they do. These would are all, you do that? Would you do that deal? A first and those two players Un- for Bogdanovich. First, those two guys for him. Can I give you like multiple seconds instead? <laughs> well, I'm sure that the Lakers <laughs> said the exact same thing. We give you every second we have for yeah. the next ten years instead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's tough. If you if I could give you the 29 one, can I trade the 29 one before I trade the 27 one? Which one do you think is more valuable? Probably the closer one. You think? Probably, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know. How I think the world's going to be over by that point anyway, so we'll see. Hey, look at you. Damn. <laughs> uh, Bogdanovich is six foot seven. He's 33 years old. He shoots the three-point very well. He's a 40% three-point shooter. Does he fit in here? Is this a need here? Absolutely. As you, as you vigorously shake your head, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and like I mean, I, you don't I need feel... Kendrick Nunn and Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly has not really done anything here besides start a barstool podcast. So um, <laughs> there hasn't really been much coming there. Kendrick Nunn, I'm not going to be swayed by three good games. I'm just not. So it's that first pick that you know I kind of like a bigger name when I'm giving out first round picks. But Bogdanovich is an incredibly valuable tool that the Lakers do not have right now. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm sure the Lakers would do that deal if like there were protections involved. Like if the Lakers can somehow get them to do it, like for a top five, top 10 protected first, then definitely you probably definitely should probably pursue that. But yeah, I'm Donovan shooting Detroit's, 42% from three this, this year, season. Detroit smart. Like that's going to be their, their guy. They can get the most value out of come trade deadline. Like they definitely should be asking for multiple first round picks at this point and see which yeah. team can bite. Cause of, like a, a contending team is going to be knocking at their door for that type of guy. Like shooting mm-hmm. is always going to be valuable. He's got size. He's not a great defender, but again, he's got some size and the Lakers saw firsthand when they played against him, like he could get insanely hot. He could shoot off movement. He's not just like a stationary shooter. Mm-hmm. Like he could do a lot like with the ball and off the ball with his gravity. So yeah, he's a definitely you can see where he slots right into the starting lineup. And, uh, the mystery injuries have begun. Bogdog Bogdanovich missed today's game with the left calf soreness. Mm. Mm, that's always like you gotta, you your, gotta protect your eyebrows that. perk up, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's another one for you as we're wrapping up here for today. Cam Reddish, the asking price has decreased from the next. I mean, obviously, when you bench a guy, you're not going to be asking for the world for him anymore. Uh, according to Michael Scoto of Hoops Hype, the Knicks are willing to part with Reddish for two second round picks. Reddish, who was shooting a career-high 45% from the field before being bench. The Lakers, Bucks, and other teams have inquired about the asking price for Reddish. 
that's the type of martial move that like I, I definitely can see the Lakers making. Like mm-hmm. they've been linked to Reddish since last trade deadline. I think they were close to pulling off a trade with the Knicks for him last trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was a clutch client, I think as well. Um, yeah, I think the Lakers had interest in him in the draft as well. Yeah. Like that's definitely a name I would like probably put some money on thinking yeah. the Lakers would try to acquire. The asking price is definitely in the Lakers uh, neighborhood those second round picks and i think like one of beverly one of none probably gets you close to his money so yeah like if you can swap out a guard for a wing mm-hmm. he's again he's not the idea of, of of reddish or like is the idea of reddish is always better than the actual reddish right like yeah. he is a long wing he's athletic he can in theory be a three and d type guy like the type of player everyone wants but it just has it really crystallized in the well, why is why did reddish get benched you know like so there's that always like it's also just keeps lowering keeps mysteriously me up like why all this you know it's just there's a lot of questions Former lottery of the names that his, we've mentioned yeah. so far i don't think the miles turner buddy heel deal is there anymore probably uh like because i think the westbrook thing is out uh although miles turner according to reports did turn down a contract extension from the pacers he seems pretty set on hitting free agency this summer uh, of all the names that we've mentioned so far this podcast, I would say if I'm going to pull the trigger on one of these things, it'd be the Bogdanovich deal. I I think I like adding a 20-plus point score. I love adding a 43% three-point shooter. I love adding size. I don't know how... I don't know personally how good defensively he is. I don't watch a lot of Detroit Pistons basketball this year, but um, that's the deal that I would probably lean towards making. You get rid of two guards, which is a surplus. I know you get rid of a first-round pick. Don't really care. Uh, but you do bring in a guy and I don't even know his contract situation. So that's all I was going to mention. Like the underrated part of him as well, that people overlook, like he's, you would also get him next year. He's not a guy who's going to expire. He he's going to be a guy who's going to start for you next year as well. Maybe you can, if it doesn't work out, maybe you can flip him in that first round pick you, you gave up. Maybe you can maybe not get a first back, but maybe you get some seconds back or something, or we've seen how many times is it valuable just to have a non-minimum contract on right. your team to make deals like right. there's value you're talking about having, next year how, yeah how many guys are you gonna lose next year exactly lonnie thomas you know continuity Andy. matters man like that's something like if they make a trade it'd be nice to get guys under contract yeah. like if you trade for miles turner you probably need to hope that you can sign him in the offseason or that mm-hmm. first just goes out the window yep it's gonna be hey trade deadline is less than a month away answers are gonna come eventually you know we give you guys all the things that that are possible uh, whether it be nothing, whether it be marginal deals like a Cam Reddish, whether it be signing 10-day guys like DeMarcus Cousins, whether it be going out and making a big trade like for Bogdanovich, whatever it is, the options are out there for the Lakers. It's all about what can they negotiate, what can they pull off, and what they think is the right thing to do. But I think the Lakers have shown us this year, as much trash as I have talked about them and a lot of people have talked about them, they have shown that this team is coming together unifying and competing night in and night out, regardless of who they play, which is a far cry from where they were when they were two and 10 to start the season. So Darvin ham shout out there. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, they don't play until Thursday. They take on the Mavericks. Uh, the Mavericks play the Clippers tonight and, uh, we'll see what happens there. Alex, uh, we'll do the thing we, we do to wrap up every podcast from now until Tuesday, the Lakers play the Mavericks on Thursday they play the Sixers on Sunday, and then they play the Rockets on Monday. All three at home. Ooh, uh, I say they go two and one. If LeBron plays, 
I feel like they could go to him. Um, is Embiid out for a while? I don't know. Embiid's yeah. another player. And yeah. It's like I have no idea if he's playing or not, unless I'm like. I mean, they better beat the Rockets. I gotta say that. Yeah, so they better beat the Rockets. And the Lakers have been surprising people. They got TNT game on Thursday. Shout out Chuck, you're gonna love that. And then you got a uh, Sunday night game. Dude, I can't remember last time Lakers had a Sunday night Staples Center, or excuse me, Crypto.com Arena game. That'll be fun. <laughs> so I think two and one sounds plausible and hopeful. And hopefully by next week, you get another update on what's up with Anthony Davis. Um, I don't know if he'll be back, but they have a lot of games still in January. Obviously, it's only January 10th. I think they play like every other day, basically, for the rest of the month. So here we go. See what happens. Alex at Alex M. Regla. You've written anything on silverscreenroll.com? I didn't see anything today. Uh, no, not not yeah. since last week, but we'll have something on Dennis, uh, I think, Thursday. Thursday. Check yeah. it out, silverscreenroll.com. Alex Regla, at Alex M. Regla on Twitter. I'm Alex Padilla 86 on Twitter, at Alex Padilla 86 on Twitter. Everybody, please stay safe out there. Stay dry out there. If you don't have to drive, don't. And if you're listening to this, keep your eyes on the road, everybody. Alex, kind of feel like we talked about a lot today. A lot of possibilities, a lot of possibilities, a lot of things going on out there. So we'll see what happens in Lakers land. Hey, maybe they make a trade by the time we talk next week. Maybe. Or they sign Boogie. One of the two. One of the two. We'll see what's up. Uh, You have a good one. Talk to everybody next week. Subscribe. Peace out.